This is the Necessary Symbiosis Podcast. I'm Vaishnavi Kara. We will continue our interview with Tiffany Mosher, the author of the book, Beauty Beyond the Threshold, How International Volunteering Saved My Life. Again, there may be some topics that are difficult to hear or could be triggering, so please be advised. Hope you enjoy the rest of the interview. The Puerto Rico um, opportunity and how did you decide to fill out that form? One day during my lunch break, this was in May of 2018, I was taking a walk around a lake Mm -hmm. that was behind the building of my work, and there was a tree branch that had fallen across the path, Mm -hmm. a huge tree branch, and I had this moment of, like, out of nowhere, I wonder if they still need help in Puerto Rico. (laughs) I don't know. It was just like, it was like a... Epiphany moment. yeah, an, exactly, an epiphany. And so I, like, rushed back to my desk, and I sat down, and I Googled, you know, Hurricane Maria, volunteer, Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. something along those lines. And the first thing that popped up was this organization called All Hands and Hearts. Mm-hmm. And then I clicked on the link, and they said they had an active program in Puerto Rico in uh, Yabacoa, Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. and Barranquitas. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, I, uh, I, I can't do this, <laughs> but I really want to. Right. I just don't think I can do it. But I found I was, like, filling out the application, even though I was literally aloud saying, this is dumb, I can't do this, <laughs> like, what are you thinking, you're doing this alone. And oh I s- selected a date range mm-hmm. to, to leave to go two weeks from the date that I was there, because I'm, for this reason, I thought, you know what, they're not going to need volunteers in two weeks, they're just going to say, oh, I'm sorry, that's not going to work out, Mm -hmm. thanks for, you know, and I'll be able to say, hey, I tried, yeah, you You were waiting for that cop out, almost, yes, exactly, and so when, two days later, I get the, congratulations, (laughs) you've been invited to attend our Barranquitas program, I was literally like, Crap. Oh, crap. <laughs> this is real. So then I quick book my plane ticket right. before I can talk myself out of it. Because right. then, you know, and then I specifically, so I couldn't talk myself out of it, mm-hmm. did the flight that I couldn't get a refund. Because <laughs> I knew I had two weeks. I'm going to change my mind. I know how I operate. Right. I know myself well enough that I will talk myself out of it right. and I'll back out. Right. And I had to d- make it be that there was no option to back out. Mm-hmm. So at this point, that I'm now stressing further, mm-hmm. how do I pack for mm. this kind of trip? What do I pack to go do disaster response work yeah. in Puerto Rico at the end of May? Yeah, what did you pack? <laughs> yeah, so I had to pack steel toe boots. Oh, and I packed way too much. We'll say that. I, packed, I learned that I packed way too much. <laughs> um, so I had to wear, you know, um, clothes to wear during the day mm-hmm. for work and then evening cl- attire mm-hmm. which was basically shorts and a t-shirt mm-hmm. wasn't anything crazy we weren't going out on the town or anything and pajamas and bedding because mm-hmm. we slept in bunk beds things like that and bug spray lots of bug spray <laughs> <Boy>. <laughs> are you the type that gets bitten a lot because I'm always yes. bitten 
without fail. Like, my boyfriend will be next to me. He has zero bites. I have all the bites mm-hmm. everywhere, head to toe. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I can imagine you did a lot of bug spray. Yeah, a lot of bug spray. <laughs> a lot of sunscreen. Yes, um, definitely. But I learned for subsequent disaster response trips to pack light because mm-hmm. I packed way too much. <laughs> I th- but that's what something you learn when you travel in general. Mm-hmm. Like you know how much to pack and you know how much not to pack and what is essential and what you can buy when you get there if there are places to buy stuff. I used to be the type of person who would pack heavily because really? I needed options. I want to make sure that I have extra outfits just in case I don't like the ones I have when I get down there. And I learned to gradually get down to a backpack with basic essentials that could be mix and match <laughs> it's and travel very lightly. And I love that I learned that through yeah. all of this because I would be the one with two suitcases full of quote unquote options. <laughs> And then I learned, you know what? I don't need those options. I can wear the same right. pair of shorts for four days, and I'm fine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. guys do it all the time. They just throw yeah. on the same pair of pants and put on a new t-shirt. Like, if they can do it, why can't we do it? Exactly. So, I totally get that. Um, and then, if if you didn't break out of your comfort zone, if you didn't go through through the process of, oh, crap, I'm actually doing this. Oh, crap, I'm actually going to Puerto Rico. Um, Do you think your life would still end up here where you're writing this book talking about this, or do you think it would be different? I think it would be much different. Mm -hmm. I honestly, when I think about that, it makes me nervous about where I would be if I didn't have these things. Um, Because regardless divorce was happening again Mm -hmm. and the same similar not exactly the same but some of the same similar circumstances echoed Mm. divorce number one and what led to that and so I think if I didn't have these coping skills if I hadn't increased my confidence and my self-esteem through these things I was doing Mm -hmm. I would have handled divorce number two the same as divorce number one mm-hmm. and ultimately it's scary to think that I probably could have ended back in a very deep depression again mm-hmm. so I'm thankful yeah that I pushed myself out of my comfort zone because it was that was the one thing that helped me find my purpose which was the sole thing I was lacking right. for so long right um and how I don't know if this is too personal a question, but how are your kids? How, how did they, how did they deal with? Did they see you grow, and did they also get their a boost of self confidence and self esteem as they saw their own mom be more active and confident and out there and outgoing? I think they were able to handle the divorce better mm-hmm. uh, because they saw that I was handling it fine. I think they're kind of like, okay, mom's doing okay, and mom is not freaking out, mm. so I can be okay, right. too. Right. They were sad, obviously. Mm-hmm. It, it was, you know, it uprooted their lives, right, it changed their lives, but I think they handled it well, because they saw me as a source of strength, 
Right. Then they fed off of that. Right. If I wasn't as strong, I'm very lucky that my older two kids experienced the divorce, number one, as young as they were because they don't remember it. Because I was very absent. Right. I was, I'm not proud of how I was as a mother back then. Mm -hmm. I, I made drinking and other men a priority Mm -hmm. and I'm ashamed of that of course and if they saw that as teenagers it could really just be a bad thing right um so and with the traveling the volunteering them seeing how that's a good thing for me Mm -hmm. it's also inspired them to want to volunteer and and they we volunteer as a family locally awesome. here, and my daughter wants to travel with me to volunteer now that she's eighteen and yeah. So it's it's been a good thing for everyone yeah. that I've taken this path. Um, do your kids um, before COVID? Obviously, um, did your kids ever like be like, "Oh, mommy, you should go here and do something here"? Did they give you ideas, or did they find opportunities and give them to you as possible? Um, volunteering opportunities? No, they haven't. They they sometimes talk about, like, oh, it'd be really cool to go to Europe. Mm. We want, not specifically to volunteer. Just to visit. Just to visit, just to see new things. I'm always asking them, like, if you could go anywhere, where would you go? Mm-hmm. Now, my daughter, since I went to Nepal, she's, like, obsessed. Now, she really <laughs> wants to go to Nepal. She's seen the pictures, and right. it's such a beautiful country, and it I talk is. so highly of it, so now she's like, you're going to take me to Nepal yeah. someday. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully after COVID. <laughs> yes, yes, I would love to take her back. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful there. Yeah. Um, will you be taking your other children, too, um, even if they're not 18 and older? Or do they have to be 18 and older? I don't know how to, it works. To volunteer internationally with the organization that I volunteer with they have to be 18 because they we live in like co-ed situations situations, so it's just safer for 18 and older Uh, but to go back and forth to the Mayan village where I'm actively involved in the school project Mm -hmm. I can take my all my kids there that's awesome and they'll be able to stay with me in the village Yeah. yeah I feel like they would really enjoy that kind of cultural experiences because that's something that I never got as a kid um in terms of actually being immersed in different cultures like that and that's something I if I do have children in the future it's something I do want to do because I missed out on that and I think books can only teach you so much even or a school can only teach you so much um but unless you're immersed a hundred percent in that realm in that zone you won't really feel the culture it's different exactly and when I studied anthropology in my undergraduate degree so the study of cultures Mm -hmm. is just so important to me and Mm -hmm. it's a passion of mine so to travel to different places and submerse myself you learn so much Mm -hmm. that way and I think it's important for the kids to learn like not everyone lives the way you do exactly you know they don't have wi-fi they don't even have electricity yeah (laughs) you know it's different yeah and they're happy and they're thriving yeah you know just the different music and food ways of life yeah oh it's incredible the food is they're excited now (laughs) because they see how 
excited I get about it. Right. So they're intrigued. Their right. interest is sparked. Right. So I think that's really cool. Um, if there was one thing you could give, one piece of advice you could give parents that want to introduce their children to different cultures, even if they can't go there, what would it be from your anthropology side? If you can't travel, I would suggest, you know, the internet's a really great tool. Mm-hmm. You can look up on YouTube or different things about, there's documentaries yes. out there. Um, so I would pick an area of the world mm-hmm. that you're interested in mm-hmm. and just study what the different cultural practices are, mm-hmm. what the different foods are, and maybe look up some recipes and try to cook Ooh. them in at home and include the, the family in it. So say, we'll, we'll talk Nepal because I love Nepal. <laughs> so we want to learn about Nepal. So the kids, I'm like, let's go on Google, let's look at pictures of the places I visited, or let's look at, you know, Everest is very popular there, so let's look at Mount Everest. Okay, so what do the Nepalese people, you know, do in their day-to-day? What Mm -hmm. do they eat? Oh, Dalbot? I ate a lot of Dalbot over there. (laughs) So, an idea is to look up a recipe, let's involve the whole family, Mm -hmm. and make it at home together, or if there's a local Nepalese restaurant. Mm. They they ex- they exist in major cities, especially. Yes. Um, go and try it. Right. Or if you're doing it at home, especially now with COVID, you know, find a Nepalese radio station on Pandora. Right. And listen to the music while you're eating and looking at pictures and right. kind of dive into a little mini mini cultural experience. immersion experiment. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, and post-COVID, where is the first place you'd want to go back? Back to and a new place to two things. Okay. So first place I'd love to go back is Mexico. Mm-hmm. I've had to cancel two trips there <sighs> last year because of COVID. Right. So I'm so anxious to return there and see the process of the project that I've been helping along right. for so much, you know, from afar. Mm-hmm. And to go otherwise. So since I love to volunteer in disaster response, mm-hmm. it's hard to predict when a disaster right. is going to strike. So when it's time to travel, mm-hmm. I'll see if there is a need Mm-hmm. somewhere that I feel particularly called to go. Mm-hmm. Um, if there isn't, then I'll probably either go back to Nepal mm-hmm. and help with the earthquake recovery and building the schools or maybe go to Oaxaca, Mexico. Mm-hmm. They have an earthquake recovery program there where they're rebuilding schools. Mm-hmm. So it just all depends on where I feel like I'm particularly called in my heart to go. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, what, what were the organizations that you volunteered with, just so that our listeners can look into it? If they sure. Want to? The Disaster Response Organization is mm-hmm. called All Hands and Hearts. Mm-hmm. And then the organization that I'm on the board of and for my Mexico project is called Aid Now. Awesome. Um, is there anything else you'd like to talk about? We only have a couple minutes left, surprisingly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Let's see. laughs> um, I would encourage if, you know, in my book, 
I talk about the dark side of my depression mm-hmm. and the dark thoughts that led to suicide. So I would encourage if you know someone that's struggling, mm-hmm. if you yourself are struggling, don't be afraid to ask for help or to seek help for someone that you know is struggling to reach out. It's so important. Um, and it's also important to know that you're not alone in your struggles. Mm-hmm. I always felt for so long that I was alone mm-hmm. and that nobody could understand me mm-hmm. or understand me. <laughs> and that's far from the case. Right. right. And then a key takeaway that I would like for anyone who reads my book is that while traveling solo to volunteer was my break out of my comfort zone, Mm -hmm. and that's what worked for me, it's okay if that's not, as the reader, your thing. Right. You know, it could be something completely different. Right. Like, you know, if you're an aspiring singer and want to put your name out there, but I don't know how to do that, you know. So... There's different things, and I would challenge the reader to think, what's outside of my comfort zone, Mm -hmm. and what are the small steps I can take to achieve that, Mm -hmm. and find the good that lies beyond the fear of stepping over that threshold, because there's so much you can learn about yourself, there's so much confidence that Mm -hmm. will be built, Mm -hmm. your self-esteem will increase, and you're going to feel good. It's an amazing feeling. You just got to push yourself a little bit. Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. You're my second guest on this podcast, so congrats. Thank you. You've been listening to my interview with Tiffany Mosher. While these topics may be difficult to hear and talk about, if you are struggling with depression and anxiety or maybe having some suicidal thoughts, please reach out to the National Suicide Prevention uh, Hotline. It's available in English and Spanish, and the number is 1-800-273-8255. There are people out there that need help, and it's important for all of us to make sure the stigma of mental illness and depression and anxiety is erased so more people can um, become the happy, joyful selves in order to fulfill their life purpose, whatever it may be. In Tiffany's case, it was going out and helping um, build houses and bridges and all these different locations in order to help other people have more uh, successful lives. So with that, thank you very much. And if you'd like to buy Tiffany's book, it is on Amazon as a ebook and a paperback. See you next week.